0: From Muhlenberg College, this is 2400 Chew. Your host is Megan Keita. In each episode of this podcast, we talk to one Muhlenberg graduate about their current work and the industry in which that work is done. For this episode, Megan spoke with Andrew Degenholz, class of 1993, president and founder of eMagazines. As we do with most of these interviews, the conversation began by asking how and when Andrew became interested in his occupation.
1: Right after graduation at Muhlenberg, I took a job for a local college magazine, and I worked for this company for four or five years and learned about advertising, learned about how to put the editorial together, the distribution, even the printing, and got a a good taste for the magazine and the publishing business. And from there, started this business. Initially back in 1999, selling magazines direct online to consumers and now making the digital magazine for your phone.
2: I'm hoping you can tell me about that transition because in that article I was reading, it mentioned that it was like 2017 when that switch happened and having been at Runner's World, you know, prior to that, there was this big idea that everyone was going to start reading their magazines on an iPad. And um, it was like, everyone was really, really set on this idea. And like, Rodale brought on a bunch of people to design like, iPad specific content. And that just didn't happen. Like that was not the right direction. So I would be interested to hear like, how it was that you kind of avoided that and then yeah. uh, decided that 2017 was the right time to kind of get into this.
1: So we we started when a, when a client asked us to build a better digital magazine experience, both for the desktop as well as for the mobile phone. And some of the challenges and maybe some of the challenges that you experienced at Rodale included um, the, the ability to access the content immediately without having to download an app or log in and authenticate using a username and password and we we solved a couple of those problems right out of the gate by building the digital edition in a way that or and allowing the user to authenticate into the digital edition with a link that's connected to their email address but acts like a Like a pre authenticated link. So they can click that link and go right to the magazine on their desktop. It opens up as the replica version, which you're probably familiar with. It's a flipbook type of experience. And then on your mobile phone, it's all reflowed so that the content still has the brand experience. It has the fonts, it has all the, the high resolution and beautiful images and the content, but it's in a single column for an article and you can swipe through each article, you still see all the ads. So that was our initial challenge because before that, you would look at that, you would get this like PDF version of the magazine on your phone and you'd have to like pinch and zoom and and then move it around to read the content. So it was really a challenge for users to enjoy the content. So that's really was the initial part of the idea
2: and this client that came to you in 2017 they were a client of yours as in you were selling their magazines online and they thought you could solve this like it feels yeah, like such yeah. a different thing right yeah
1: it, it is so it's it's funny that since we started our the business we've we've always gotten to know our clients really well and sort of seek to understand their problems and challenges, and then help them solve them. And we use, in in our case, we use technology to solve those problems and we got really good at it. My background is in between all these things. I worked as a a project product manager for uh, Iomega, the folks that make those zip disks. And so I, I got to know how to build tech products and we're really efficient in being able to build landing pages for a publisher that wants to drive orders, but they don't have the bandwidth internally to build their own landing page. Um, We built out websites and shopping carts and other types of solutions that made the publisher's ability to drive orders and generate revenue easier and like we we basically started doing things better faster and less expensive using technology our publishers started to see that we had that reputation and then this particular client asked us about they they said look the the experience is just not good right now and we need a better experience and at the time i was not interested in digital magazines i i said to them i put together a list of 7 vendors and said, here, call these vendors. I think they can do this for you. Give them a shout and, and they'll they'll solve this problem for you. And a couple months later, they came back to me and said, we don't want to work with any of them. We We need to have a conversation and explain to you how much money we're spending on this and what we're trying to solve, and we think you can solve it. And when they described to me the opportunity, like the full opportunity, I jumped on it right away and I was like, yeah, this is, this is definitely in our wheelhouse. We can solve this.
2: It seems like you had the good fortune here in a way of coming on at a time when people had tried all these other ways to make this work. And you yep. could kind of pinpoint what it was about those ways that wasn't working. Like nobody wants to download another app. Nobody can remember their password. But publishers want to have a paywall of some kind, so they're not just giving away their content for free. So 2017 right. was kind of the time when everybody had tried all these other things and been like, these don't work. And yeah. you yep. found a way to get around those
1: things. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Can you kind of talk about how that grew over the years to where you are now, where you know it seems like there isn't a major publisher that doesn't mm-hmm. work with you?
1: yeah we we do work with all the publishers in the us for the most part there's maybe like one or two holdouts and we're pretty confident that eventually we'll work with everyone and i guess the way that it it was pretty wild i've been in the industry in the in the magazine industry for well my entire career so i know the folks in the business i have a good network of people and when so we were able to get the meetings that we needed to get with the with our potential clients and when we came in and showed them what we were doing how we were doing it that it was going to cost less money and provide a better product and a better user experience for their customers their subscribers almost nobody said no and and that was five years ago and we still retain all of those same clients. We essentially haven't lost any client. The only clients that we've been losing are clients that shut down a magazine.
2: So can you talk about a typical workday for you? Is there a typical workday? What does that look like for you?
1: Do you want to know before 2020 or after 2020?
2: Uh, Uh, Nowadays. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Nowadays. So we've got about 25 people, and we're all over the country. Uh, we were all remote. We in June we we closed our office in Chicago because essentially nobody was nobody was coming in. We were doing better than we were doing remote. So the sort of remote experience is very efficient for our business. A typical day is oh boy, let's see. Every day is different and brings new challenges i check in with the tech team first thing in the morning they're really the the heart of the business they're they're managing all of our products all of our software our roadmap and i'm kind of like the de facto product manager so it's actually really fun i get to talk about what new features we want to add to our user experience and they're able to deliver on those ideas and then i meet with the business development team and everything is over zoom which is okay it's not the greatest but it's better than talking on the telephone right because you can at least see someone and sort of feel like you're communicating at a at a more personal level and spend a lot of time on slack and then hopefully meeting with publishers and clients and talking about our various new features and signing up new clients
2: can you talk about the kind of most challenging and most rewarding aspects of your job
1: um i think the challenging part is figuring out the new finding those new things and identifying the new opportunities for our clients. And trying to trying to see where the business is going. And then build to that. And it's challenging, because you have to invest resources, technical resources, business development resources, and it doesn't always work out. So as an entrepreneur, I'm always trying to identify these market opportunities. So like it worked out really well with the digital editions, and like you said in 2017, we were at the right time, at the right place with the right product. And the challenge is, well, I think the second part of your question is like, what happens when it? Like, what's the challenge? What's the downside? an example of that is about 2 years ago we started looking into audio and podcasts were the rage so we thought well we've got all these magazine publisher clients licensing is is becoming a really important revenue stream for our magazine publishing clients and an untapped opportunity is licensing those articles to Spotify and Audible and, and other platforms that want more audio content. So we, we hired uh, voiceover artists to read the articles and uh, worked with some of those platforms to put together sort of little mini magazine, mini audio magazines, let's say. And it didn't quite work out. It didn't get the audience that we were hoping for. And podcasts as i'm sure you're aware there are so many of them so discovery is a really big problem and so it's a big challenge but it's an example of like keeping to try to innovate and and figure out like what's a new what could be the next new thing and then being positioned to support that and i think our clients really appreciate that like they appreciate that we we tried, we tested it, and then we pulled the plug because it didn't work.
2: Can you also talk about the rewarding aspects of your job?
1: It's I think the the team that we have here is really strong. And I mean, some people have been with the company for 15, 20 years. I, I don't know if we mentioned this to you or I mentioned this to you, but um, my business partner graduated Muhlenberg with me in 93, John Curtis. And he and I were good friends in college. And then after school, he he knew I was starting a business. It was 98, 99, the dot-com boom. And he was like, we got to do something. What can I do? How can we, how can I help? And he joined up about a year after I started the company. And so it's, I think it's rewarding to build a company that has people that I like working with. I look forward to talking to them every day and they all really care passionately about our vision, which is to help publishers that have premium content, leverage that content for their consumers and drive revenue. So I think that's one of the, I would say one thing is, the company, being able to build a company that supports people and they enjoy working here, I hope, I think they do. And then to be innovative and to come up with these new products and solutions for magazine publishers. Because like you said, I think everyone is trying to figure out this transition, still trying to figure out this transition from print to digital. How do you do it with your content in a way that, well, that still delights your your end user, your reader? And we're committed to supporting that for our publishers. So it's just, I think it's been, I guess I just enjoy solving problems.
2: What guidance or advice would you give to someone who's interested in doing what you
1: do? I would approach it from the standpoint of, of starting a business and and being entrepreneurial. And I would say that you need to be a good listener and seek to understand and find out what challenges your friends or clients have that you might be uniquely suited to solving, whether it's solving using technology or whatever your expertise or whatever you're passionate about. And then think about if you can create a product out of what you come up with. And think about if someone try to sell that product to uh, someone and see if they'll buy it. So I, I think, I think I would just say to, and then, and then also be open to, You've gotta be open to failure and to change paths. So we started out selling online print magazine, direct to consumer. And we've taken a lot of different paths along the way to end up where we are. And you have to be flexible in order to make sure that you're not gonna end up a dinosaur and stuck in a, in a tar pit somewhere.
0: This episode of 2400 Chew was produced by the Office of Alumni Affairs at Muhlenberg College. It was recorded remotely and engineered in the studios of WMUH Allentown, Pennsylvania. Our opening and closing music from Cowboy Bebop is performed by the Muhlenberg College Jazz Big Band.